0: but it was really funny because it was this guy who was like um he he must have had like a tooth fetish or something um he (laughs) really liked like well-shaped teeth
1: (laughs) hey guys welcome back to the kodakara podcast this week we talked to ananya who's a japanese learner of over 70 years who makes videos in Japanese and English on YouTube about language learning and tips and tricks on learning Japanese. And her Japanese is among the best I've seen on YouTube. And in the podcast we go into, her approaches to learning Japanese, her experience of going to Japan and making friends on HelloTalk, and her future relationship with Japan. So hopefully you guys find her tips and tricks helpful for your studies as well. But if you guys wanna also support the podcast, go check out our Patreon, we have bonus clips on there. But anyways, hope you guys enjoy the podcast.
2: Hey, what's up guys? Welcome back to the Kodakara Podcast. My name is Raza and I'm joined by my co-host Eric. We talk to people of all types of backgrounds about their lives in Japan, studying Japanese, or even tips and tricks on how to learn the language. This week, we're joined by a very special guest with Ananya.
1: Yes, so Ananya is a Japanese learner and undergraduate business student at UC Berkeley, and she's been studying Japanese for around seven years. I came across one of her videos randomly speaking Japanese on YouTube and I was like really blown away as to how good she was and I really want to like figure, like find out more about her like study methods on her channel she talks about how she's been studying Japanese where she talks about the importance of not only input but also output and also shares like tools and apps that helped her out in her studies and today we want to get a closer look into her relationship between Japan and Japanese but before we get into that can you give us a quick background of who you are and where you're at today
0: Okay, yeah. Um, I mean, you kind of gave me a good intro there. I don't know what else to add. I mean, I- I'm currently based in Berkeley right now, um, finishing up my last year. Um, and I guess business is a huge part of what I'm doing in terms of I, I kind of want to connect Japan and the US uh, in terms of business. So that's kind of what I've been uh, aiming for. And yeah, I'm actually originally from India. So uh, I'm technically a first gen immigrant, even though I came to the U.S. immediately. Uh, but yeah, I've been growing up uh, near California for most of my life or in California. So, yeah, that's kind of my background.
1: Nice. So I guess like starting off with like Jap- your relation to Japan. How did you get into Japan and Japanese in the first place?
0: Yeah, um, it was when I was 12. I distinctly remember the moment that it was kind of just like a trigger that got me started. Um, when I was in elementary school, our local library started getting like a lot of manga translated into English. And th- like I had a, a sixth grader, I was a fifth grader at the time, uh, be like, this manga is amazing. Like you need to read it and um, it was called Alice in the Country of Hearts uh, it was like totally like romantic shoujo manga um, and I read yeah. it and I just fell in love with it and so I found out that there was a lot of manga in that series that was never translated and I was like I need to read this <laughs> like, <laughs> I was so motivated and there was like a game for the PS5 or like PS Vita I don't even know what it's called um, and I was convinced <laughs> that I was gonna buy it one day and so then I started learning Japanese um, and yeah as I kept going with it I ended up falling in love with the language the people the culture and that just kept me going essentially.
1: So was that when you started to learn Japanese around like the sixth grade?
0: Yeah like when I was I guess when I just turned 13 that was when I like fully started learning. Oh
1: wow I see so, so you had like a specific goal of like becoming literate And, like, reading that specific manga at that time?
0: Yeah, I feel like that was kind of the trigger. But immediately after, I kind of started seeing other manga, other anime. And just, like, and Mm -hmm. dramas as well. And so, like, that media really was kind of a way for me to learn more about the culture. And then kind of just keep studying, essentially.
1: I see. And I guess, like, you were kind of young back then. But, like, do you remember what methods that you used to study Japanese?
0: Yeah, I'd say, like... From the beginning, like my, like I stand by this website to this day It is was, was, uh, Tofugu.com. Have you guys heard of that? Yeah. 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 So Tofugu.com, I felt like kind of outlined how to start and how to like go about studying Japanese. And so I went to them to kind of understand what to do first. And I think, I think they mentioned um, human Japanese. So that was like the first app I used mm-hmm. to kind of understand basic words and then from there, I you know studied Hiragana, Katakana, and then I guess I went off from there. I think.
1: Nice. I also used Human Japanese when I like first started. Oh, seriously? Yeah. And later I discovered a Take Him. I don't know if you know that website. Like. Take
0: Him is a legend. Classic. <laughs> yeah. It's a classic.
1: <laughs> yeah.
2: Hopefully, Take Take Him comes on the podcast oh, one. Yeah, we day. Oh my <laughs> god! <laughs> I have
0: no idea what Take Him even looks like.
2: Oh
1: yeah. Shoot. He's uh, a mystery legend. Over here. I think his uh, profile picture on all his platforms is um uh what's her name? The the girl in the how do he this uh Oh oh yeah yeah yeah. Okay, I can't remember her name. I, I, I can't remember her name either, but her.
0: <laughs> wow, that's crazy. Thanks to take him, I learned my grammar, so I mean that his book or whatever, like website publication is yeah. legendary.
1: Yeah, I mean after take him I never studied I mean like specifically try to study grammar. It was like Yeah, same here much enough. But I guess like did you make any like mistakes along the way of learning Japanese where like you went through like an inefficient method?
0: Um I think early on not really. I felt like I was at a point where I mean luckily I started learning when I was really young. And so mm-hmm. I felt like I was literally just stuck I was soaking it all up as if I was like a sponge, right. and I don't oh, think I, I could it was do like that the now. Critical
1: period, right?
0: Exactly, and I'd say now I think I struggle with it more because I think that I waste a lot of time like outputting and I'm not inputting enough. Like I, I can talk about mm. that a little bit later, but um, I try and use Japanese in my daily life a lot now because I don't necessarily have as much time to study Japanese, but. I think inputting is like kind of where I'm lacking Um, and just like, yeah, I just struggle with like grammar and nuances too with Japanese, Mm -hmm. but I wouldn't say that there's like a really wrong approach. I'd say if you were to suddenly start like doing kanji without even learning hiragana and katakana, it's like that would be a wrong thing to do. Um, Mm -hmm. But yeah, I think that's my perspective on it.
2: I see.
1: Well, I guess like going off of that, like um, I think on your channel you also talked about how like in- input by itself won't be enough. Mm-hmm. So, like, what what led you to to that theory?
0: Yeah, I feel like I've met a lot of other Japanese learners, especially like um, where I went to school, and even like now um, at Berkeley. And when I see the people who really can speak Japanese, they output. Mm-hmm like 24 seven, they have Japanese friends. um, They go to Japan and all these things. And their pronunciation is so perfect. And I felt like for Mm -hmm. me starting to learn Japanese, I put an extreme emphasis on pronunciation because I feel like that could make it or break it. Like the way a Japanese person perceives your language fluency is totally based on pronunciation and like intonation. At least that's what I feel sometimes. Um, and so I think that that's sort of what I find the most important. And then a lot of people burn out because they input too much and they're like, I'm not even getting any farther. And it's just because they're doing all these flashcards, but they're not using the language. So, yeah, I
1: I think it's also motivating. Like when you're, when you have like friends or people you talk to in Japanese, because it's not like work Whereas like, um, like doing flashcards is Mm -hmm. more grinding it all the time. (laughs) I know I
0: can't do that anymore. (laughs) I have fallen off the deep end, but yeah.
1: I
2: guess when you were like in the, in your, when you first started learning, how long were you studying for each day? Like on average,
0: honestly, I don't even remember, but what I do remember was I just like was cooped up in my room for hours studying Japanese and Not even one minute of it felt like studying. When I was reading Take Him's Guide, that's when it felt like studying. But besides that, (laughs) everything else was just like pure fun for me.
1: Was it like actual like textbook studying or did you, was it like input of just like watching and reading stuff in Japanese?
0: Um, I'd say the first two years, I don't even think I had textbooks. Um, Maybe like I found some books at my local library, but... Um, I mostly use apps and, like, websites. So I, honestly, the the biggest advice I give people is just, like, look up anything Japanese, like, on the App Store or in Google. Um, pretty much anywhere because you'll find so many resources and you have to take advantage of all of them. Like, it's not one or two, but, like, try all of them and see what matches, like, your study method. Because, you know, you see, like, um, what is it called? Like, Rosetta Stone and, like... Uh, I forget what the new one is right now, but there's so many different... like
2: Duolingo? Oh,
0: Duolingo, yeah, yeah. That's the one I was thinking about. I just feel like I've never used either one of those, actually, um, because I felt like they were extremely mainstream, and um, at the but, time, I don't even think they were that popular. I'm not sure, but uh, I'd say just trying everything out and seeing what works best. Like, those two didn't seem like a good fit for me, so then I just tried other ones.
1: hmm and like earlier, you said how like you don't really do flashcards anymore. But on your channel, you talk, you still talk about like the forgetting curve and importance of SRS. So, <laughs> so does that mean like you don't use Anki? Oh or my god, an SRS I sound now? like this
0: fake um, <laughs> like, <laughs> YouTuber. No, no, I'm actually. Like you should do
1: it, but I won't.
0: <laughs> I, I think I overemphasized. Like actually, I do use flashcards, hundred percent. I just mm-hmm. never used Anki, actually. I meant I recommend it a lot because Tofugu recommended it. Uh, I just right. never got around to downloading the software on my laptop, but it was because I already had an app that worked so well for me. And uh, even on my channel, I mention it. It's called um, Japanese. It's like this red-looking app, and that app is amazing. <laughs> like I use it every single day, and it, right now, at least, like I watch like Japanese TV shows, like variety shows. And I basically just, like, look up any words I don't know on that app and then instantly put it into a list that I can um, essentially use as a flashcard system. And it uses SRS as well, which is something I also am very – I emphasize that a lot, too, because it can really help uh, you remember words.
1: Yeah, I use like, the the same app when I was in Japan because, like, just because it had that list function Mm
0: -hmm. and I would,
1: like, make one list per every month. And then just oh, add wow. all the new words I've seen. And I'll have like 300 words per month just like talking to people.
0: I know. And it's yeah. words that you actually know people use, which is the most yeah. important aspect of it.
1: And although that's like an English dictionary, like the the reason I, I kept using it was like um, it, it would have like slang words. Whereas like when I use a Japanese dictionary, it wouldn't have any any slang words.
0: That is so true. Yeah. Um, it reminds me, there was like the weirdest word I found on that app once. Uh, I forget what it's called, it's like, it refers to like this Pokemon shock syndrome or something. Have you guys heard of
2: that? (laughs) Pokemon shock syndrome. No, that was the first time I've ever heard of that. I forget what the word is called.
0: Yeah, it's called like Pokemon shock or something. But anyway, it was referring to this episode like years and years ago uh, of Pokemon Uh that they aired in Japan, I think. And the problem was there was like so many like lights and it was just, like, oh. really...
2: Oh, I do <laughs> know what you're talking about. I do oh, know what really? you're talking about, actually. Yeah, yeah, yeah. People, That episode got banned because it gave people seizures. Yeah.
0: <laughs> and so there was a word for what it on thinking? the dictionary. And I was, like... I, I wish I remembered the word, but it, it it was crazy.
2: Oh, my God. I can't believe there's a specific word for that. I
0: know. It's like, who I thought know. that we should coin a term for this so it'll never happen again, you know?
1: Oh I mean, yeah. that's what I the mean. Japanese language likes to do. They have, <laughs> like, really, really specific words. I
0: this swear, show. it must be, like, Pokemon Shock or something. Because right now, you know how people say, like, Corona Shock? I think that people yeah. say that sometimes, but... Yeah, anything Shock. Riman Shock. Like, there's so many... <laughs>
2: they're just going down the list they're like oh yeah. we have a quota for how many new words we have to make today <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it's
0: like how much uh, like english like wasego can we use it's just like
2: yeah. everything's
0: katakana these days
2: it really is
0: yeah
2: oh yeah i mean we're just trying to go and not do that with our anki out here so come on japan step it up, <laughs> step it up. <laughs> make some more kanji out actually you know it's okay don't you don't need to add more kanji that's fine yeah.
1: <laughs> we can stick with what we got
0: uh yeah that <laughs> i agree
1: yeah i guess like uh while you were like these those couple years where you were studying in the beginning were you able to make um japanese friends like were did you have japanese people around you
0: uh when i first started studying yeah i the first couple years i didn't have any friends, (laughs) like, I was just, like, I I, I don't know. I had online friends, if that counts. Uh, Mm. At the time, this app, this website doesn't really exist anymore. I mean, it exists. People just can't really use it that much. But it's called Lang8. And Mm. I used to post, like, blog posts um, just in terms of, you know, things that I'm studying and stuff. Uh, But I met a friend on that app, and we used to have, like, weekly – language exchange calls. And so that was sort of what allowed me to use the language. But besides that, I didn't know any Japanese people in my community. Mm. There really weren't to begin with anyway. So yeah, I'd say it really took a while until I kind of started building a Japanese community or like started meeting people in the Japanese community in the Bay Area, which there's a lot of Japanese people here. Like I was not aware of that. Um, because yeah it's crazy all the kinds of events that go on here but yeah
1: so do you just like go up to random Japanese people and talk to
0: them? <laughs> honestly I had to do that the first couple times like it was so painful because I was extremely shy and so I, I remember this time when I first started learning Japanese obviously there weren't any Japanese people in my school right so I went to this annual event that they'd have in San Francisco and it was called J-Pop Summit. So it was this really cool event. They had singers such as Kyari Pamyu Pamyu when she was like at her peak. Like right now she's not as popular but... Um, uh-huh. And it was just like a total blend of like Japanese entertainment. They brought in like a lot of um, popular people there. And a lot of the staff were Japanese. And there was this time where I was like, I need to talk to someone in Japanese. Like, I'm going to go and talk to this lady who's like part of the staff team, right? And I was literally thinking about it for 10 or 20 minutes. I don't know how long. And I go up to her (laughs) and I don't know what she says, but I immediately just go to English. I'm like, oh, hi, like I need to get this and this or like whatever the table is for. And she's like, oh, okay, okay. And she was talking to her colleagues in Japanese. She's like, oh, I think she wants this. And I was like, I know what she's saying, but I can't do anything. <laughs> <laughs> and then at the end, she's like, that And then I was like, thank you. <laughs> like I could not even <laughs> say thank you back, even though I knew what she was saying. It was just so frustrating. And yeah, I had a lot of moments like that. But eventually, you know, I got used to it and I talk to people sometimes randomly if I hear them speaking Japanese.
2: I see. I, I thought you were going to go and say that you were, your goal was to make friends with every single staffer at the venue.
0: Oh, God. <laughs> Honestly, that would have been a better idea. Maybe I could get better after the fifth or tenth person. but.
2: Yeah, maybe they would have hooked you up for the future events.
0: I know. <laughs> but it's crazy because um, at that time, I was in high school, and right. I really had no affiliation to that event. But now, like, you know, fast forward years after, uh, I started volunteering for that event uh, annually. Oh, nice. And, wow. you know, I knew all the people in the team and I would speak to them in Japanese. And then now I'm like close friends with some of the people who helped create the event. So it's like total wow. full circle, cool. kind of.
2: For real though, so yeah. it, 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 essentially you did end up making friends with all the <laughs> yeah. staffers in the end. Oh my god, you're right.
0: <laughs> that is crazy. Maybe I meant like it was my unconscious mission to just do that.
2: Yeah, you're like playing 5D chess all along. You just didn't. Think, you just didn't know. You just didn't know. <laughs> oh
0: god, that's crazy.
2: <laughs> wow. So um, on your channel, you also talked about using um, HelloTalk to make Japanese friends online, right? Mm-hmm. So how was how that experience for you like
0: um it's been a huge blessing i'd say like i've made like my closest friends on that app and it also actually connected to my homestay in japan because i met oh, the wow. friends that i stayed over at like their house i actually met uh-huh. them through that app originally um, oh wow so yeah i think hello talk i started using I, I looked this up the other day, 5.6 years ago. And so, oh, wow. It's been a while. I've been using it for a while. And when I first started using it, I made a friend. And we still talk to this day. Like, we're some of the people that I met on the app. And I'd say for me, like, it was super useful in terms of making friends. Not so much like language uh-huh. exchange, if that makes sense. Like, uh-huh. I at that point, I had gotten to a level where I could use Japanese as, like, a friend, like, not, like, the person that I'm talking right. to doesn't have to work too hard to, like, communicate with me, and so I took advantage of, <laughs> of like, people, because I would just speak to to them in Japanese the whole time, yeah, and they wouldn't really uh-huh. get much English practice, um, <laughs> which is kind of, yeah, not good on my part, but, uh, yeah, I kept doing that, and then I made some really close friends, um, and then I met these two girls that um, one of them came to LA uh, like so many years ago and I ended up meeting up with her and then you know she met my family at that time and so in wow. like 2017 uh, I was like hey dad I want to go to Japan <laughs> like I, studying abroad is too expensive um, you know there's other difficult parts of it so let me stay at this girl's house. And he said yes. And so I had like the time of my life. We can go into that later. Um, but yeah, it was thanks to Hello Talk, I'd say.
2: Wow. Wow. Yeah. I mean, I, from a lot of our guests that have come on the podcast, we always hear that Hello Talk ends up having like crazy like connections. Like, oh, seriously? We had- yeah, one of, one of our guests was um, an up and coming MMA fighter, and he wanted Hello Talk, and he met a girl who was an MMA fighter in the Japanese scene. So it was like what? really crazy to see like how, yeah, yeah, it's insane. Like I don't I don't know how how this happens all the time, but shout out Hello Talk.
1: I know. <laughs> I, I, I started using it like two weeks ago, and it's it's actually like really good. I like, was surprised. Like I've made like some some a lot of friends and like talked to Japanese people now.
0: Yeah, it's like a perfect way to kind of get into it. And, you know, when I went to community college uh, in Cupertino, there are so many Japanese people at that community college. And so I would look on HelloTalk to see like using the nearby feature if there were people nearby and then I'd shoot them a message and be like, oh, hey, like, let's hang out. And then turns out they were just like in the library or something, you know. (laughs) And so that was really helpful, I think.
1: Oh,
2: wow. I guess this is more like a funny question but like we've also heard there's like another side to hello talk where it's not all fun and games like have you ever experienced any of that Like, <laughs>
0: um maybe not personally i think that so far my experiences have been good although you uh-huh. do have to be careful with the kinds of people that you meet there like i guess i've run into like people who are like a little weird maybe that's about it <laughs> Yeah, I, I, see, I have I had experiences actually. <laughs> I was just like looking
2: back, you're like, oh, oh no! Like, I, I tried to forget all of this.
0: I know. I was like, wait a second! I can remember a lot of stuff that went down. <laughs> um, it's actually funny. Um, one of my friends that I made on the app was actually a Japanese learner, and she uh-huh. was from Switzerland. And oh, wow. yeah, and her Japanese was like we were around the same level. And she's actually studying abroad at Sophia University right now. Um,
2: oh, nice, nice, But yeah,
0: and it's so funny because we were both talking to each other. And obviously, as learners, we have things that we have in common and all that kind of stuff. And I just remember we had, like, the weirdest person, like, talking to us. And I had a weird uh-huh. message come to me. And I was talking to that person. And I was, like, um, talking to that girl from uh, Switzerland. I was, like, hey, hey, like. This message is like really weird. Like, what is this? And she's like, "I got the same message." And then it was just like, "Oh my god, it's just like so weird."
2: Yeah, I, I guess hello talk like a lot of good, but just to make sure you're being careful at the same time, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. Yeah,
0: I, I don't know if your podcast is PG, so I, I didn't say anything. But let oh, me
2: know. Whoa.
0: <laughs> I mean, it's not. It's not bad, but you know.
2: Yeah, go ahead, go ahead. If, if, if it's if it's too much, we'll cut it out. We yeah, got I don't
0: you. I don't think it's too much. Um, but it was really funny because it was this guy who was like, um, he he must have had like a tooth fetish or something. Um, wow. he really liked like well shaped teeth, and he was asking for a picture of my teeth and my friend's teeth. And obviously, you know, I was like, no, and the, or not no, but I was like, you go first, and then he sent over a photo, and it was like a picture of him maybe in his car. And the weird thing uh-huh. was, he basically, you know, you can doodle over your picture. He doodle. He right. doodled over everything except for his teeth. So it was like this terrifying wow. image of just like teeth, and I was like, this is not no.
1: Oh but my yeah.
2: god.
0: <laughs> I know that was kind of like a horror story, not a horror story, but I thought it was hilarious.
2: Yeah, I mean, first of all, I didn't know there was a such thing as a tooth fetish, and like, <laughs> I, <know. laughs> I didn't <laughs> think I'd expect to find that on Hello Talk. Wow. Oh yeah,
0: <laughs> it's crazy. And I've also had a lot of friends who have been in like relationships through Hello Talk. Um, some oh. successful, some not. It's all over the place, but it's it's kind of crazy what that app does. <laughs>
2: It's so, quite the platform. Quite the platform. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I guess to all of you guys listening right now, just exercise caution, you know? Like, if it, it should be good for the most part, but just bring out the common sense here and there. You should be completely <laughs> golden.
0: <laughs> very true, very true.
2: Oh, man. So I, I guess now, though, um, getting past all the... The Hello Talk horror stories here. <laughs> <laughs> how, how do you feel about your Japanese level today? After like all this time, like, are there maybe any other things you want to get better at as at, as well?
0: Um, that's a good point. I think I, I'm pretty hard on myself, so I don't think my Japanese is at the level that I want it to be. Uh, just because it's weird. I think if you're not consistently studying, I mean, you guys may have experienced this yourselves, but there's points where you feel like you're reverting, like you're reverting in terms of skill as if Mm -hmm. it's like you're getting worse at something that you were clearly able to do in the past. Um, And for me, that was like, I think, accent, like pitch, and kind of like Uh the pronunciation of certain words. Like I see myself really getting worse at it a lot, at least lately. Um, And so that's something that I really want to improve, but... I'd say for me, 2020 was, like, the goal was to be able to speak keigo, like, honorific Japanese. Mm-hmm. And it's it's been uh, an experience, you know? I had to write my first email in Japanese, like, total keigo. It was torture. It took an hour to type a single email. Um, and just, like, right now I work uh, as an intern in a Japanese company, and so I use Japanese to talk to like my coworkers and that's been interesting too <laughs> i don't think they expect a lot of me because i'm you know gaijin but uh, i try <laughs> what i can so yeah i'd say my japanese is good i feel like when i talk to friends after a long time they tell me that i've improved a lot since the last time they talked to me so maybe i am mm-hmm. getting better but uh personally i just feel like it's not the best <laughs>
2: <laughs> i mean that, that's that's so crazy that you're you were able to go and you just started learning the language when you were a lot younger and now you're all of a sudden you're interning in a Japanese company itself like it's, how, it's crazy yeah. how far a language can take you right
0: it's crazy like I've done a lot in these last couple of years like I did a Japanese like speech contest I did t- I did two actually um, wow I did speech contests like other things I even auditioned for this Japanese TV show where they have like Gai kokujin come on the show and they take them to Japan and, like, help them realize their dreams or whatever. But I didn't get chosen for the, the show, and I know why. Because they look for foreigners with, like, really, really, like, niche hobbies. <laughs> like, if they're obsessed with, like, I don't know, Japanese, like, fish, like, a specific fish or, like um, like, a specific thing. So that way they can show the viewers, like, wow, like, Japanese, like, you know, artistry and all these, like, specific things, like. I didn't have anything like that. I don't even remember what I said, but it was not that specific. And so they're like, we can't really do much with this, so...
2: Oh well. Yeah, I mean, w- when you brought that up, like a Japanese TV show and realizing your dreams, I was like, okay, yeah, like there's no chance. Like it's going to be something like you would like, like an actual dream, you know, it's going to be something like, because if you ever look at those Japanese TV shows, <laughs> it's all like, oh, Gaijin gets to go to Akihabara and see, <laughs> and see his
1: figure.
0: <laughs> or they take them to like complete countryside, like in an Country- Akita yeah, and Yeah, the Inaka. Yeah, the Inaka and then... I don't know, they're interested in some, like, wooden, you know, craft or yeah, something. Yeah, like sword that making special. or
1: ninjas or something.
2: Yeah, exactly. yeah. Stone cutting, like, all these random things.
0: It's it's always <laughs> the same narrative, but spun in different ways, I think, in a way.
2: Definitely. Yeah. Hey, just um, gotta go make your own TV show in Japan. That's how you do it. <laughs> <laughs> Break the whole. It's crazy.
0: Mold. Help I'd Japanese say one
1: people of... realize their dreams.
0: Oh <laughs> 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 that the hurdle's Ooh. pretty high with that one, but um that's crazy though. I, I do remember when I first landed in Japan and I went to Shibuya, I saw them uh-huh. filming uh you a Nippon, E If you guys know that. Oh before. yeah.
2: Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah.
0: <laughs> they were um filming this like mom and uh I guess her daughter and they were like, You guys right. spin now and I saw them just spinning <laughs> or something like that. <laughs> It's just the
1: weirdest thing. Yeah. Oh, my God. That show really, like, makes, like, Gai jin look really weird. Because they, they only know. interview, like, um very, very, like, rare. They don't interview, like, the average person going to Japan. They try to find, like, really specific, like, like you were talking about.
0: Yeah, and I think yeah. one of your guests, like, Miss Hanake, like, she was also on Japanese TV, right?
2: Yeah, yeah, she was, she
1: was.
0: Damn, I don't know what that experience is like, but it's on my bucket list. At least once I want to go on Japanese um, TV, just to be able just to hang around the airport,
1: I'm, I'm sure. I know.
2: Yeah.
0: <laughs> That's a good idea.
2: Pret- pretend to be, like, really interested in some random thing. Just, like, go on yeah. Google, find something, and then just, like, wear a shirt of it, and then just walk around at the airport, <laughs> I'm sure, like, they'll yeah. come up to you. Like, if okay, you're
1: cross at the airport, it's, like, 100% chance... Oh, yeah. They're oh, going to be like, that's like a double edged sword, though. That's a double edged sword.
0: <laughs> <laughs> oh, no, I got it. I got it. I'll have like a t shirt that says, I love Nato, and they're just going to be like, oh, my God.
2: <laughs> oh, true. You got to pull up with some, like, natto on you, too, though. Otherwise, you won't keep it, you know? You have to make sure. Emergency that. natto. Uh, exactly, exactly. You got to they... sell it. You got to sell it all the way, Ananya.
0: Yeah, I know. I, I'll just have, like, my cart, and I'll just be eating, like, natto there. It's just like, I need a break.
2: Oh, yeah. that I mean, that sounds pretty rough in itself. Like, I mean... I, I, I could eat some, I don't think I can eat that much, you know.
0: <laughs> oh, yeah, I know. Especially after a flight, that sounds insane. Do you guys like it, though?
1: Yeah, uh, I, I, yeah I, I actually, I got used to eating Like I got used to it, that, like, I, I used to oh. it too. I got used at, to yeah. it,
0: I didn't like it the first time, either.
2: Yeah, but, yeah, just, just having a lot of it, though, I feel is a lot different. <laughs> I, don't, I don't know if I'm down for that. Oh, you know? yeah. But... But yeah, I mean, it's really healthy, it's superfood, so if any of you guys out there want to try it, get
1: used to it and it'll be really good for you. But I guess like talking about like your relation to Japan and Japanese, I think you said on your channel like for the first five years your parents weren't that supportive, and then earlier you said like until it was until like that point that you finally were able to go to Japan. But what was that period like of, of those five years where your parents weren't that supportive of you studying Japanese?
0: yeah i'd say it was mostly my dad and i think just because it was an odd situation because my brother on the other hand got really into korean culture and he (laughs) must have just thought like why are my children like suddenly obsessed with like east asian cultures like did we do something um i don't know what happened but um yeah i feel like it was really difficult because um as a result i couldn't necessarily pay for classes, like, you know, a Japanese teacher or, um, would mostly like buy used textbooks or something like that. Like mm-hmm. I tried to use zero money on my education because I was just like, I want to do it without using anything else, you know? Um, and so, yeah, it wasn't the easiest. And I have to tell you when I did my homestay in 2017, I had to beg my dad if I could go like it was so hard even till the last minute that we were buying that plane ticket he was like are you really doing this and I was like yes I'm doing it like let me go because yeah I at that point I knew that you know you study Japanese for five years and it's like if you don't go to Japan it just feels like the interest or like the strong passion that you have for the country just sort of disappears it needs to be like reignited, you know?
2: Yeah. Right, right. Yeah. Gotta go to the motherland, as we've called oh, it god. on the podcast. <laughs> Seriously. <laughs> yeah, it, it oh started my out god. as a joke, but we've we've just we just been kind of rolling with it.
0: <laughs> oh my god. If I call it the motherland, I'm gonna get smacked.
1: So <laughs>
0: that's crazy. <laughs>
2: yeah but i mean that's pretty that's pretty interesting though so i I guess what what, like because you mentioned you're like begging your dad a lot did did it take anything like specific to convince him to actually go to japan i mean it's actually really interesting to me that your brother was also studying korea that's like super ironic but i know Yeah, what was that experience like kind of convincing him
0: oh yeah i had a trick up my sleeve i have to tell you um what i did was at the time So I was 17. And so it was right before like applying for colleges. And so I told my dad, like, like, look, if I go to Japan, I get this like once in a lifetime experience. I can write about it in my essays. Like no other kid is going to have this. Like, do you understand how important this is? And that sold him. I seriously swear that sold him.
2: Oh, that 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 would have worked for my parents too I, I should have done that i I was, I was behind oh my god that that's yeah. actually perfect that's perfect
0: <laughs> yeah I mean that was a big one for me I think um, that was the only way I could justify it honestly
2: I, I mean study abroad's work well on the on the on this um the college app so
0: oh yeah definitely yeah.
2: oh yeah yeah I guess this is more of a trip but I mean. It shows the that you're a go getter, so mm. you love to see it on the college apps. You love <laughs> yeah. to see it, but I guess now kind of transitioning. Now you're like actually able. You like bought the flight after all the all the, like the ordeals to get there, and now you're like landing in Japan. Like, how was how it like? Kind of your first like I guess month I guess in Japan, and like did you experience any culture shocks?
0: Yeah. So actually, there's two points I want to mention before that. Uh, so at the time, that was when I was 17, it was right before I was getting uh, a. US citizenship. So I was still I a resident. so I had to fill out so much paperwork for my visa. And I had to so I went to the San Francisco, Japan um, what's it called like Taishikan. Yeah, the embassy. <laughs> um, and so there they were the only people that needed like, visas were like Indian people and I think, Um, Arabian I'm not sure but it was so specific and I had to Uh write out like an itinerary of everything I was gonna do every single day and where I was gonna be and I was like I don't even know what do you mean like
1: (laughs) 10 a.m. (laughs) konbini
0: 3 a.m. (laughs) konbini like that'd be crazy Uh, but yeah so I had to do that and then uh, also I was only there for two weeks actually so I've only been to Japan for two weeks Two weeks. Um, wow. So yeah, I remember it was like my first time flying alone, and I was like, okay, mm-hmm. I need to just relax and just be like, okay, Japan might be kind of like underwhelming. Like maybe like five years go by, you have it at this high bar, and it's if it doesn't mm-hmm. meet it, you're gonna be disappointed. So I told myself to just relax and take it as what it is. And I still remember when I walked through that airport, it was just this feeling like I made it. Like, this is what I was waiting for. And I was so excited. And I, when you go through the immigration, there's a sign that says Tokyo 2020. And I thought I'd be uh-huh. in Japan in 2020. None of us could go anyway, right, uh, with everything that happened. But um, I thought that was funny. And yeah, like Japan met my expectations and went way past them. You know, it was amazing. I have to say, like, I mean, you guys might feel the same way, right?
1: yeah oh yeah yeah well i just remember like at the the airport where you're talking about like there's a sign when you walk out the airport that says like welcome to japan in like every language and it just says like welcome 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 but then in japanese it says like uh okay like basically Mm -hmm. welcome welcome back home Mm. it's it's not it's not just like welcome to japan
0: that's so cute
1: but did you experience like culture shock like when you like exploring japan
0: yeah so (laughs) <laughs> the The funny thing I did that my house, not house, uh, the people that I was staying with were kind of, like, surprised by was my friend lived in Yokohama. And mm-hmm. we were, like, kind of just lugging my luggage there and everything. And I saw, like, how the garbage was lined up. Like, the garbage at, like, whatever, like, the station or whatever it was. And it was so organized. I was just like, this is beautiful. And I took a picture of it. And she was like what are you doing and i was like look at it like it's so clean like you don't see any trash anywhere anything like they organized this so well and so yeah that was like one of the things um and i'd have to say one of the culture shocks i had was there's a lot of stairs in japan like a lot oh yeah
1: yeah did you
0: guys not feel that
1: Yeah, yeah 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 i think that's why they have like that um like upskirt photo problem because there, there's like stairs <laughs> that, that are it's literally so so long and so <laughs> steep that it's it's not possible to not like see anything it's like that's not a possible.
0: good point <laughs>
1: oh my god yeah wow
0: that's an interesting insight there
1: especially yeah. the one in yokohama i remember very specifically my, my friend brought me there and he's like oh this is the staircase where there's a lot of a lot of like people taking photos Oh my gosh.
0: <laughs> oh gosh. Wow. Yeah, yeah. I mean Yokohama had a lot of stairs and it struck me kind of odd because like it's a country with so many people are like elderly. It's like how do you go about your right. day without like literally really. breaking your back, walking up stairs all yeah. day?
1: But I guess in Japan you have like ninety year olds like going out and walking. Yeah, and yeah.
0: <laughs> <laughs> they're they're too healthy for us, so
1: yeah.
0: um yeah, and so it's kind of funny that like especially with culture shocks, so right now more than YouTube, I've been super focused on Twitter, and I made a post with like the five things that I was really shocked by uh, when I went to Japan, and that tweet that tweet like literally blew up, because I talked about the stairs, and everyone was like, what? Like what do you mean? Like we thought this was normal and blah blah blah, and I was like, no, it's not. Like it's a lot of stairs um and so yeah i I think the stairs was a big thing and the kind of safety they have there like it's crazy i remember we were at a restaurant and my friend's mom just put her phone on the table and like her purse and then left to go like order i was like what are you doing like it's gonna get stolen <laughs> just like what do you mean and it was just a huge like culture shock for me i guess
2: yeah i mean the safety there is always amazing to hear like i I don't think like both eric and i we were just like we didn't even think twice about anything when we were there it's it's an amazing feeling i guess but yeah i mean the stairs though that's um that's something we haven't heard that much on on the podcast and i think you make a really good point as to there there are a lot of stairs yeah. um it's a good exercise i will i will give japan that i will give japan that it's it's also, it can get it can get a little tiring though, but shout out to those Japanese people with the huge let, <laughs> I'm just kidding. <laughs>
0: yeah, and also like, you know, rush hour trains, like we all know that, it's just insane how full it is. Yeah.
2: Oh yeah, oh yeah. It gets really hot in there too, It's I feel like that's actually the worst part, it's so crowded. and it gets so stuffy.
0: hmm mm-hmm. mm-hmm. And yeah, I remember I was with a friend in Harajuku and he was like, let's go to Shinjuku. And I was like, oh yeah, that sounds like such a cool place. And we went to the train station and there was probably this much space left on the train. He was like, let's get on. And I was like, what are you talking about? There's no space at all. I was too chicken. I couldn't even go on the train. So I never went to Shinjuku before.
1: Oh, no way. (laughs) I know, I was just
0: too... like. I, it's that part where people have to start pushing you in yeah. in order to close the doors. Uh, I was like, I'm not right. doing that. <laughs> yeah.
2: Next time, next time we'll see Shinjuku over here. Yeah. Hopefully the trains are going to be less packed. Hopefully the trains are going to be less packed.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean,
2: if you ever seen the the last trains like going out, those ones get depending on like if it's uh like a, if it's like a weekend where people are all staying out they're just all trying to get back home or they're coming back from work oh my god it's it gets pretty insane but i i guess um that's like one part like the culture shock a lot of different things um shout out to your tweet that blew up that's you always love to see it um but i, I guess like speaking to maybe people that you met there because you mentioned that you stayed with some of your friends that you met from Hello Talk. but were you able to go and interact with any of the other locals as well
0: oh that's a good question um I actually met up with mostly friends from Hello Talk during my time there just because uh-huh. um mm. I didn't necessarily have friends who were in the Bay Area and then went back to Japan because I was still in high school right. so um I did have a really cool opportunity to go to my friend's school so they had like two days, they signed some sort of paper saying like I could be a visitor. So I went to yeah. my friend's classes and stuff like that. So I met a lot of their classmates and things like that. And I also did like a cool project um, in Ibarakiken, like uh, mm-hmm. in Scuba. And mm-hmm. um, so I met a lot of high school students there. I was trying to do like an art exchange program because my city was a sister city with the city there.
1: No, uh, so yeah,
0: I went to like the city hall, and they were like, "We have a representative from Milpitas," and I was like, "No one's gonna know where that is." <laughs> like,
2: <laughs> oh, that's so yeah. super interesting. I, I didn't know they they had sister cities out there. <laughs> yeah, actually,
0: yeah. a lot of cities, especially in California, all have like sister cities in Japan for some reason.
2: Interesting. Interesting it looks like california is lining it up in japan (laughs) i know yeah wow i mean you have to be a representative in your two-week period that's pretty amazing already um how how did you i guess kind of like encapsulating what would you what would you say is your favorite memory from that entire trip because i mean it looks like a lot happened throughout that yeah. entire two-week period, and I mean, you said it really exceeded your expectations of <laughs> being there, despite it being such a short time, too.
0: I mean, I would say I didn't do anything out of the ordinary, but I think uh-huh. that kind of when you study Japanese that long and you're suddenly mm-hmm. in that place that you kind of dreamed about going to for the longest time, it does yeah, feel yeah. like magical, like Disneyland, yeah. you know? Uh, uh-huh. And I have to say, if I can remember like one moment that I just thought was super cool was when I was in Harajuku, I was kind of hanging out with a friend. And mm. when you walk down Harajuku, like Takeshita Dori, there's like a lot of people that kind of, um, you know, are like, hey, like, you know, people are trying to sell things, stuff like that. Yeah. And I already knew that. So I had been to Harajuku like maybe once or twice already earlier that week. And I was like, okay, let's just like avoid these people, (laughs) like just go straight down the street. And this Japanese guy uh, walked up to us and he was like he was talking about like some sort of comedy club. And like we wouldn't have to pay for anything. We could just buy drinks if we wanted to. Like, I don't know. And I was like, this sounds really sketchy. Like, let's not like do this. Like, I don't know what's going on. Uh, and I don't know what spur of the moment caused this, but we were just like, okay, let's go and see what all this is about. And he took us to the street right off the corner um, of Takeshi Tidori, and it was like this weird, it was a really nice house, like this building. And you go up the stairs, and you go inside, and it's actually like a comedy club. They have like a stage and like chairs, and there are already like a lot of people there, and we didn't even have to buy drinks, like, we could just sit there and chill. Like, we got, like, vending machine drinks from outside instead. Uh, And so we just kind of sat down, and we were waiting for the show to start. And it was, like, Japanese, like, manzai and, like, konto. So it was, like, really traditional, like, not traditional, but, you know, something that you wouldn't necessarily see as, like, a a typical um, sightseeing kind of experience. And, um, yeah, like, some of the performers, like, was it's kind of natural for them to interact with the audience. And so they're like, mm-hmm. hey, you, like, what do you think? Like, how's your day? Or where are you from? You know? And they were talking mm-hmm. to me as well. And it was just like a really surreal experience. Uh, but yeah, and I heard that Bruzon um, Chiemi, do you know who that is?
1: No,
2: uh, I don't.
0: Uh, she was really popular like two years ago for like this weird con like uh, skit that she had. And it was just, uh-huh. like, it's called, like, Sanju Goku, I think. But it's like by, about, like, how career women, they're, like, two. I forget what it's about, but it's pretty funny. Uh, but anyway, she had previously performed at that stage, and she was extremely popular at the time. But yeah, it was just, like, a really cool place, really cozy. And it's interesting how, even though these performers are really, like... Um, they're at a high pedest- pedestal or like really cool, and they're still like interacting with people. So when you walk mm. into the place, they're like, I forget what they say, but they're like of this or something like that when you enter. It's like uh-huh. they really respect the people that are there to listen to them.
2: I see. Yeah, I mean that's that's a really cool experience. I mean, I mean it, you you rarely hear about like the, the how those monzai shows go and like the comedy yeah. clubs over there. Like I, I actually didn't know too much about it myself until I saw an interview with um a performer some time back. And I mean, it's it's really, they're really amazing. Like, you mm-hmm. need to have, and, and I think the one that um Eric saw too, but he was a foreigner who did Manzai. So the amount of Japanese you need to know to yeah. actually yeah. be able to do
1: that is insane. I mean, the, the Japanese is pretty hard to understand too, of, oh, of yeah. like comedy. Like, did, how did you feel at that time? Like, when you went about your own Japanese?
0: I could not understand most of it. It was just funny to watch. It was really hard. And even now, especially with Manzai, they go so fast. So I can't yeah. really oh. understand it.
1: Right, But at, right. The, at the time you were able, like, your Japanese was good enough to, like, talk to all your friends and stuff?
0: Oh, yeah, yeah. I think conversational-wise, at that point, I wasn't that different from now. I think now I've kind of, like, mm. figured out, like, the little kinks and little areas that I needed to fix. But Uh I could get by really easily. Like, I guess, like, (laughs) So, like, as if... If anything was explained to me as an elementary school student, I would get it, basically.
1: I see, I see. Yeah. I see. And I guess, like, after... So, after you went back, you you were, like, going to college. Did you think about, like, studying Japanese in college? Or did your parents, like, not, not supportive of that?
0: I mean, you know, it's a weird situation because, you know, I grew up in the Bay Area and, Mm -hmm. you know, tech and all these things that are very important. And so I felt like, I guess, you know, I had to fix something that would make money. And I'm not saying that Japanese doesn't. I just felt that pressure for sure. And so Uh. I kind of didn't even consider it, to be honest. I also never really wanted to become like a translator or anything like Mm -hmm. that. It just wasn't that interesting Mm -hmm. for me. Uh, and I don't think I'd be good at it either. So, uh, I chose business because I felt like it would be cool to connect America and in Japan, like in terms of business, because I just had this image that you could travel internationally with, with a business degree. Uh, obviously if I did consulting, that would be the case, but, um, yeah, so that's kind of how, uh, Japanese played into me deciding to go to business school.
1: I see. Did you, did you ever like take any like Japanese classes?
0: i did i just last semester i took a japanese literature class Mm
1: -hmm.
0: and that class was all taught in japanese and the only people in the class were all like extremely fluent in japanese uh you know it's crazy because the whole class is obviously in japanese so we never heard each other speaking english (laughs) for the entire (laughs) semester and you know we had people from like utah and like italy and like um, other parts of like Berkeley and it's really interesting to kind of just see that class filled with like gaikokujin and then one Japanese teacher just like <laughs> it, she was hard on us too she was like not letting us off easy she was like I'm gonna make you guys work hard um so we read a lot of really cool um short stories uh, in Japanese mm-hmm. and i I loved it it was so much fun you know I wasn't a huge literature person but uh, we read, like, Murakami Haruki, as well as, like, some other, like, right. like Hoshi Shinichi and um, Kaobata Yasunari. Like, all really, really popular uh, writers, and it was really cool.
1: That's really cool, because, like, usually we hear from, like, uh, people's experiences with classroom, and it's usually, like, it's too slow, or they're not really improving, Oh yeah. <laughs> so they end up dropping it. But I guess, like, if you since it was, like, already at a high level, it's, like, more challenging, probably.
0: Yeah, I mean, I had to take a Japanese class in community college uh, in order to transfer to UC Berkeley and yeah. there I they only had like Japanese three or something. And so I was taking that class to meet my requirement and it was so easy. I was like the top of my class and I was like, this is so easy and I love it. So I, I enjoyed it. It was still interesting. <laughs>
2: Like a nice walk in the park, Uh, like give me more
1: free credits.
0: (laughs) I know, I was like, come on guys, I can help anyone, I can tutor you guys, come on. Raising your
1: hand for every question. I know. (laughs) Give me that participation.
0: Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Um, But yeah, I think, I was skeptical though when I first took that class. Mm -hmm. I was like, you know, Mm -hmm. what's it going to be like? Is it going to be awkward? Because we're all, you know fanatics about japan you know is the the term is japanophile right um and it's just gonna be Uh kind of weird but no everyone was really nice
2: that's great to hear and i guess now like looking towards your relationship with japan and japanese today so i mean we've obviously we've obviously talked so much about like your journey up until this point with the language kind of starting early on and now you even had a two-week trip to japan as a homestay experience, but I guess, how how are you looking at it, like, how many hours a day would you say you're maybe interacting with the language right now, and what, what are your kind of goals, like, looking towards the future now?
0: I'd say on a typical day, maybe 50% is a stretch, but I'm constantly thinking in Japanese at the same time, and in my free time I watch a lot of Japanese YouTube. And Uh it's gotten to a point where, especially last week, it almost felt like overload because I was listening (laughs) to so much Japanese. And I also, you know, do like coffee chats with people in like different business fields as well, like maybe startups or venture capital and stuff like that. And so I ask them questions and stuff like that, which, you know, it's hard because a lot of words I don't necessarily know, but um, it's kind of crazy that even if I'm at home, in California, of all places, I still have so much connection to Japan on the on a daily basis, essentially.
1: I see. And also, like I, on your channel, I think you talked about how you had an experience where you were on the reverse side of a homestay, where you hosted a kid or a person from Hiroshima. So what was that experience yeah. like?
0: It was interesting. I actually hosted a, a girl and her brother. So they were both in mm-hmm. high school, I think. Um, and they were really nice. Uh, it's just, I felt like, you know, I was trying to give them as much of an American experience as possible, but I lived in the Bay area, everyone's Asian. And so it wasn't even like that, you know, American, I guess, per se, but they seemed to enjoy it. And I, we made an effort to also really get them into Indian culture as well, because we make Indian food at home. So Mm. they, they liked that. Uh, yeah, I mean, it was pretty good. I just felt like when you start learning Japanese, you tend to idolize a lot of things and just assume that everything's going to be perfect. Like, every person you're going to meet is going to be the coolest person ever. Like, every part of Japan is perfect, all these things. And I believe that for the first couple of years, not going to lie. But after a while, like you really start to realize there's a lot of like key things that need to be improved. And I'm not saying those two kids were, like, these terrible people. No, they're really cool. Uh, I just didn't really connect with them personality-wise, and I feel like we just didn't... We had, like, nothing in common, so it was just kind of awkward. And they didn't speak much English, so it was hard for my family to communicate with them as well. Um, But, yeah, it's weird. My brother could communicate with them really well, even though he didn't speak Japanese. He could understand a lot for some reason. I don't know why, but... Yeah.
1: I see and I guess like now like going towards like your future goals um uh you you talked about how like you started your YouTube channel because like you were drawn to like creative projects but I guess like now what do you what sorts of plans do you have specifically for your YouTube channel?
0: Yeah uh honestly I really want to do YouTube like more seriously and Mm -hmm. I have a ton of videos that are just sitting in my laptop that I haven't edited uh so because I've just been busy with school but uh, yeah, I'm originally a very creative person. I grew up drawing my whole life. And so that's kind of where the interest towards manga ar- arose as well. Um, and so with my YouTube channel, I really want to aim for a Japanese audience and provide them with sort of an understanding of American culture. So I wanted to film like vlogs with my last semester in college, um, as well as sort of touch on different topics as well. Like, I had one video that I was going to film today and I didn't get get around to it, but uh, kind of my experience when I first started learning Japanese, I was I was kind of bullied for doing it because it seemed like, you know, otaku and like weeb mm-hmm. and like all these terms were really more of like an insult sometimes as well. Like people took pride in it, but it could also be used in another way. So I faced like a lot of... Like, not backlash, but I had people being like, why are you studying Japanese? Like, are you, are you trying to become Japanese? And things like that. Um, and, and so I wanted to sort of talk about those topics as well in my channel. Mm. And also just, like, I, I filmed a video a while back asking my friends what they knew about Japan. So, like, I was just asking, like, you know, people from totally different countries, totally different backgrounds. And, yeah, I thought maybe Japanese audiences would find that interesting.
1: Nice. And I guess you also mentioned like you're graduating this semester, right? So yeah. what are your plans afterwards? Like are you uh, going to try to go to Japan?
0: Um, you know, I actually have interviewed for a Japanese company before. Mm. And it was for an internship. And I was actually supposed to intern in Japan last summer. But obviously because of COVID, it ended up not happening. But uh, yeah, maybe it'll happen this summer. I mean, they didn't say it was canceled. They just said it was uh, going to be at a different time but uh, yeah I kind of wanted that experience to understand if I wanted to work in Japan because I have a lot of I'm not exactly I don't know how to feel about Japan's working culture I've written papers on it and especially like as a woman too like it's so like male dominated too like the higher up you Mm -hmm. go in a company and yeah it was just sort of disappointing and so I was like Coming from an American perspective, I don't think I'm going to match with a Japanese company, you know?
1: Yeah, yeah. Especially yeah I think with like the a, a of... traditional one might might be kind of rough.
0: Oh, yeah, definitely. Uh, especially like trading companies as well. Like, me, I shouldn't like say names, but like, you know, like <laughs> uh, they're known as like Shosha or like Zaibatsu, um, which is like traditional Japanese companies, which are like insanely just... They, they revolve around that boss culture and, like, drinking, you know, all these things that are pretty hard mentally, I think, and physically. So uh, I don't know if I could do anything like that. Uh, so, yeah, I, m- as of now, um, I'm set to work in Seattle at Amazon, and I was hoping maybe, like, to be like, hey, can I go to the Japan office? Right. <laughs> you know? Yeah. Uh, something like that. Uh, kind of just... Up in the air right now, really.
1: I've actually heard of like a lot of people doing that. I think after like a year, they, they oh seriously? To to Japan, yeah. Like, oh no
0: Amazon. way! Oh, that's crazy. That's good to know.
2: <laughs> Looks like you got a one year time from from <laughs> then. <laughs> you already know what time.
0: <laughs> I know. I should just learn all my keigo in advance. And just feel like I got it.
2: Yeah, yeah, and, and um, I mean, you mentioned earlier about that you get to read like. Japanese literature and as well that you were a big fan of uh, manga. So um uh, for the Korekara listeners here, do you have any maybe content recommendations?
0: What it's it's sad because maybe I was affected by the haters, but I stopped watching anime and mostly manga altogether. Uh but I'd say my favorite anime, one of them was um Mainichika san It's like everyday mom, I think in English. And uh-huh. it was based on this, like, yonkoma manga, so, like, four panel comics. Uh,
1: uh-huh.
0: And it's so funny. Like, it's just about, you know, I guess it's slice of life if it had to fall under a category. But it's like mm-hmm. comedy. It, it's really fun.
2: I see. All right, everyone yeah. make sure to check that out. <laughs> <laughs> Ananya's recommendation out here. you.
0: Yeah. But... <laughs> no, honestly, yeah. I I love that anime, but it maybe it wasn't my favorite, but it was hilarious because you go to like Japanese families, like sometimes my friends invited me to their house or whatever, and I, uh-huh. and they'd ask me like, "What's your favorite anime?" and I was like, "Oh, like My san and everyone would be, would be like, "What? What?" and then their mom, like it's always the mom who's like, oh, "I know that," <laughs> <laughs> it's like, hilarious. <laughs>
2: They like relate to it on like another level
0: yeah it's like it's how i win brownie points with anyone's mom it's just how i mention it
2: yeah it's like uh see how many brownie points you can accumulate at this point just by constantly going for that recommendation
0: i know it's just become the only one i give out to people now
2: yeah i mean that was probably the first time i've ever heard that as a recommendation too so i mean yeah go binge that (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> is this is the next binge one, um, one for sure we got to go get some brownie points in here too
0: <laughs> oh yeah for sure it's actually sad like my brother ended up falling in love with anime so now he gives me uh, recommendations and oh, he's like no. way more he knows his stuff like i honestly don't know anymore
2: Ananya, you can't let him do you like that <laughs> he he's
0: gonna start Korean learning japanese here. gonna replace me
2: not
1: like oh god! This.
0: Three years later, he's on the Korekara podcast, and I'm just
2: like crying. Hey, what's up, guys? Welcome back. Today, we're here with Ananya's brother. Uh.
0: What's she doing now? I swear, oh. that'd be crazy.
2: Yeah, I mean, if he if he does end up learning Japanese, and that does happen three years down the line, he is more than welcome to come on the podcast. <laughs>
0: No, I, I just steal his position. I just like show up on the webcam suddenly
2: instead.
1: It's me, it's the brother. I know, I'm
0: just going to be like, no.
2: You're not taking my spot on the Korekara podcast.
0: Exactly.
2: <laughs> yeah, definitely respectable. The The position at uh that's a, a big one. There's positions all across for different companies, but when it comes to the Kodakara podcast, can't give that one up. But oh yeah, I'm. Oh yeah, yeah. But um, everyone, I you guys should go check out my nichi on just because of getting those brownie points. You know you want. It. But <laughs> <laughs> on that note, I think this is a good time to wrap up the podcast here. And it was so fun talking to you today, Ananya. It was an incredible conversation. Really enjoyed learning more about your story with Japan and Japanese. And I mean your Japanese is amazing. That's We just have to go put that out there. But, yeah, um, where can our listeners find you?
0: Yeah, so uh, I do YouTube and Twitter mainly right now. My YouTube channel doesn't have a name. It's, I honestly don't know. It's my name. So if you look up my name in hiragana, or no, katakana, or English, it should pop up. Mm-hmm. Uh, you just type in Nihongo next to it, it should pop up. But... Uh, on Twitter, I'm hi, Ananya. Uh, I post a lot of like short videos on it in English and Japanese, uh, so it helps people who are learning the language. So that's kind of what I've been doing a lot of the time recently.
2: I see. And we will have the links to that in the description, of course. But at the end of these, we always like to have a little message to the Korekara listeners. It can be anything, a fun little message, um, Japanese proverb, advice. You know it. So, Ananya, today... What is your message to the Korekara listeners?
0: Yeah, so I have a Japanese proverb, motto prepared, um, mm. that Ooh. I really love. And it's always been my line. You know how line has, like, your picture and, like, a little piece yeah. of text? Oh, I always yeah, yeah, use yeah. it for that. Um, it's called... It's Ungaisoten. So that's the proverb. And... It essentially means, like, if you look at the kanji, it's like when you're in the clouds or just, like, a really, like, dark place, you have to get out of it and, like, slowly make your way out of it to see, like, ten. So, like, heaven or, like, you know, clouds, really pretty. Mm. And it just means, like, you know, in life, you're going to be hit with a lot of obstacles. But how you get out of it is just, like, work towards it, keep going, get up that mountain, and you'll see... The beautiful sky. So that's the same thing for Japanese learning. So that is my message.
2: Wow. I mean, first of all, <laughs> I have to say that's probably the the most preparation we've ever had for one of you. You're already at the top. You're already. All at
0: right, the top. all right. That's what I'm aiming but, for here. <laughs> let's
2: go. But yeah, that that is really beautiful. Um, you guys, take that into consideration when learning. Japanese or anything, Japanese proverbs are coming. We, we need more of those in the Korekara messages. Yeah, right? we a requirement. It's <laughs> like, your favorite Japanese proverb? <laughs> this is like You have to look it up like before. Like, it's, it's a requirement now. Yeah. But, you guys said yeah, proverbs,
0: like, so I was instantly like, okay, I know it. It's this one. I was like, I don't care what they say. I'm just going to tell them this one.
2: It has to be at that point. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah i mean really fun episode of nanya thank you so much for coming on once again it was an absolute pleasure we're gonna go call it right here we'll catch you on the next one guys
1: peace peace bye hey guys thanks for listening to the end of the podcast i just want to thank our patrons: sad boy Isaac 71 miku jack h90 boy no eyebrow 4 and light so if you guys want a So the Podcast, help check out our Patreon. It would really help us out a lot. But I hope you guys enjoy the podcast. And see you guys in the next one. Peace.